I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Hi, I'm Joe Connolly with producer Neil A. Caruso. And today you are going to meet a Brooklyn business owner, Doug Grader, owner of two stores, both in Brooklyn, both named something else. And Doug's stores sell fashions from independent designers, also from exclusive brands, and he sells inspirational home goods as well. Doug got reductions in rent from not one but two landlords. One has cut his rent by half. And we'll get into that. But first of all, let's just start by asking Doug, how are things right now, Doug? Uh, things are, well, you know, it's kind of a tale of two cities with my two shops. Uh, they're on in different neighborhoods. Um, one store was on Smith Street, which is kind of downtown Brooklyn. Uh, kind of similar to Manhattan, probably in better shape, but uh, affected highly by the lack of uh, the tourists that have been coming. Uh, so that store is struggling a little. Uh, we do have a, our, you know, our our uh, our neighborhood regulars, but the lack of tourists is hurting it. So that business is down. And then my other shop is in Park Slope, Brooklyn, which is highly residential, not dependent on the tourists. And that store is doing extremely well. On top of that, we also moved locations during COVID and took a better spot, which uh, has really enhanced our our traffic. Isn't that interesting, though? Why is Cobble Hill so different from Park Slope beyond what you said? Uh, Cobble Hill is, is closer to Manhattan. I mean, you have millions of, of tourists that uh, maybe 10 years ago would walk across the Brooklyn Bridge, uh, take a picture, and then reverse themselves and walk right back. And now with Brooklyn being so hot over the last 10 years, uh, it's really uh, cool to continue on into Brooklyn and the flow takes them right to our shop, which is on Smith street. Uh, so Brooklyn is hot. You have a lot of tourists coming to New York, especially European tourists that understand that you don't have to be in times square and at the olive garden. Uh, you want, they want to come where the, uh, the true New York neighborhoods are. So it's a lot closer to Manhattan and, and that's why it, it's got that flow. Isn't that interesting that you were so affected by the, quote, midtown tourist traffic? Yes. What have you learned, Doug, during the pandemic? Survival. Absolute survival. Do anything you can to survive. Um, what did you do? Oh, man. I mean, first thing I did was move stores uh, in my Park Slope shop. I had, a, I had the uh, opportunity to uh, move over to a corner location on Fifth Avenue in Union, which is 
a prize spot. Uh, that move uh, was was a magical move for us because it just put us on the corner of two major streets. Uh, that, you know, that was an incredible move. Uh, going into your basements, finding anything that you can liquidate and put it on a street sale to, to, to make money and to put it in your bank. That's the survival tactic. I mean, we found a lot of merchandise that we were able to just liquidate. Uh, also, have patience. Understand that it's not a day-to-day -day or a week-to-week -week or a month-to-month -month situation. This is a, a five- to ten-year plan all of a sudden. Have patience, have a plan, and just lay back, keep relevant, keep your brand strong, and just hope for the best. That, that, that was my plan. That's a and great it's description. Going. It's still going. I just want to ask before Neil asked you about the rent reductions. I'm just curious, how far was the original store and the one that you moved to? Quarter mile, half mile, mile, how much? One block. Oh, man. One, one block. block. All the difference in the world. All the difference in the world. The corner location on the corner of Union and Fifth. Union is a major thoroughfare. One block. I probably got 70% more eyeballs on the store. Unbelievable. Wow. Yeah. Neil. Was that key to you negotiating with landlords and actually, you know, getting your rent lower? How did that happen? Well, between the two stores, there were two completely different situations. So in that situation, I was able to get out of my current lease where I was. But at the same point, I negotiated in the new lease uh, on the location. So until I got that new lease, I couldn't really move my other place. You understand? I, I needed that store ready to roll. Um, and the new landlord was just extremely accommodating as far as giving us uh, a time to set up, time to build. Uh, one of the um, stipulations in our new lease was we didn't pay a $1 of rent until the government opened us up. Don't forget, we were shut down during this move with no sight of when the government would allow us to open up for phase two. So we have probably got three and a half months where we were able to move, build a new shop, get ready. And then the second we were opened up, then that landlord uh, started our lease. So we didn't have to pay rent during the lockdown. By getting out of the lease, I stopped the rent at the older store. And by moving to the new store, I didn't pay any rent. So basically, there wasn't one day where we were paying rent in that new location. As far as the other store, I had an incredible landlord who basically had a meeting with, and he said, I can't charge you any rent if the government shuts you down. Call me when you're open. And that's was lucky. I, you know, we just got lucky. That's, that's a great story. I, I wonder what you would suggest to other business owners watching this of how you kind of start the negotiation process. You know, what, what would you recommend? I would, what, do, what would I recommend? Uh, first off, like anything, just have good credit, you know, have a good relationship with your landlord, be a good, good tenant from day one. Don't do whatever it takes to make their lives easy. And I did that with both landlords. Uh, all we did was pay a day early on our rent for 15 years. Uh, swept every day. If there was a minor problem, never bothered. Made, you just be the best tenant you can. Uh, smile. Give them a discount when they come in. And you never know. I mean, when something like this happens, hopefully they reciprocate. 
but in many cases, the problem with a lot of these retailers is they've done all of those and the, the, re, the landlord still comes back and hits them up. So again, a lot of luck was involved uh, in my situation and you can tr do everything right and the landlord's still going to come at you. It so seems my, as though the advice is, you know, do everything you can to survive and you know, if you, a lot of these people can't do it. And if you're paying rent for three, four months and your business goes down 40, 50, 60%, there's only so long you can go until you give up, you know, and they do. A lot of them have. Nothing against the big landlords, but it seems as though almost all the stories that I hear about business owners getting reduced rents are getting them from small landlords, family landlords, and landlords they've known for years. It just seems to be a completely different relationship from a big commercial realty. Oh, there's a human aspect to it. There's a relationship, of course. You know, right. owner, oh, you're dealing with corporate, you're dealing with managers, and they're just looking at numbers. They don't know who you are. They got to answer above and, and, and produce. Uh, you're, I'm in, I'm in a situation where the landlords are neighborhood people on Smith street. They live above my building. Uh, you develop relationships. They get to know you. Uh, it's a completely different relationship, but again, th there's plenty of people that have landlords that live above them too, that do not give breaks. Uh, luck played a big part in my situation. Uh, I think if I was, uh, a difficult renter i probably would have had an issue but thank god i i always understood the long game and, and take care of these people and they'll, hopefully they'll come back to you i never expected a, a a shutdown in a world pandemic i haven't experienced this i've experienced a lot of roadblocks in business but you know thank god and they always say in business you know have passion have a product and have relationships build relationships and in this case those relationships came to fruition on my part are clothing sales starting to pick up are home sales home goods items still selling what's the trend in the stores clothing sales are extremely difficult uh and over the you know i diversified my product mix three four five years ago realizing that apparel was taking a shot no matter what. Before COVID, apparel sales in most stores were probably down 30%. It happened overnight. Uh, so I knew as a business, I needed to be more than just clothing. I needed to be home sales, gifting, anything that, that could work together as a lifestyle product. So I, I feel like apparel is ticking up. I'm seeing uh, men and women starting to buy more fashionable products than just sweats and stuff. Uh, they're, they're looking to go out. Even in New York, they're, they're dining. Uh, they're eating outside. They're preparing to look good. I think there's a lot of people out there that say, I need, I need to meet a significant other and look good. Uh, and, and I see it ticking up. I, I definitely do. That's good news. And I know that your family comes from, uh, you know, has owned apparel businesses, um, third generation apparel business owner yourself. Um, what are some of the top selling items right now? Uh, for women, um, sweats are still big. They're still like casual, but 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 fashionable sweatpants. But I'm seeing fashion pick up. I'm seeing women buying dresses again. I see them buying uh, fashionable tops. A uh, denim is popping back. Um, um, I'm seeing dresses like that you wear to dinners. 
I'm seeing casual sundresses. Uh, so fashion is popping back slowly. I'm, I'm seeing it go with guys. T-shirts are big. I mean, they love their T-shirts. They're buying three and four at a time, uh, which is a great item. Because at the end of the day, my shop is an in-and-out burger. It's a cheeseburger shop. We're very simple. We're not high-end fashion. So when something like a T-shirt is in style, that suits us perfectly uh, because that's in our wheelhouse. Well, you can tell you've been in business for more than uh, six months. So you, yeah. you have some 30 years, 30 years. Marketing there. Just yeah. curious, what were the one or two best-selling items for the home during the pandemic? Candles. Yeah. Candles, candles, and candles. We sell so many candles that people buy uh, a few lines, a few scents that it's like they're addicted to. And they come in every week and I go, I need this scent or I need that scent. Very big. Also, barware. People were building their own home bars. So we offered whiskey glasses and and, and uh, real cool ice cube trays and, and drink mixes. I mean, obviously, people weren't going to bars. Uh so we, we offered a whole line of make your own bar. That was a very big category. So you really follow the trends then, Doug? Are you constantly changing up inventory no matter what time it is? Always changing the trends. Uh, I don't know where they're going. I kind of let my customer dictate. I, I basically purchase based on the past uh, seasons. So you're always looking for fresh prints, fresh looks. Unfortunately, last year we didn't have a fashion season at all. So we're basing it on maybe two years ago or just basically what I'm seeing as something that's fresh and new to my customer. Uh, we're still very early in the season. Uh, we're still not sure what the trending is. So we throw a lot of different looks at them and hopefully it gears to one specific or two specific angles that we can go with. Um, but uh, as far as that, you know, it, it's sort of like just throwing a buffet out and seeing what the people eat. And then we go with it. Uh, I haven't been at that point yet. The buffet is still largely open. Uh, we're seeing what they, they eat. And then we'll, we'll, we'll make our move, um, whether it's sh denim shorts or dresses or basics. You know, a lot of times just a, a basic, simple T-shirt could be a, a real big uh, leader for, for us. How did you get your stores, or at least one of them, listed in the New York Guidebook for Tourists? I have no idea. Really? I have no idea. I, it, I really don't huh. know. I, 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 I see these customers come in with these books in their hand all the time. And I was like, oh, cool. They have a book. And then one of my employees one day said, hey, we're in this uh, book in Germany. And she took a picture of it. And, you know, I... My German is not up to speed, but I did see something else bold in there. And then a week later, I think we saw one in Swedish and then one in Austrian or, you know, and it just kept coming. And then I inquired about it and it put it together. And it just seemed like we were in some international shopping book as sort of like a real authentic Brooklyn shop that you have to visit. And these these tourists want to see authenticity. They don't want to go to the Gap or Banana Republic. Somehow, we managed to become like an authentic, and I feel we are, because that's what I've been doing forever. We've just become a very authentic New York shop that tourists visit. And it's funny because you see them taking pictures of the store and in front of it. So overnight, or maybe over 10 years or so, we became a, a little cult following for, for, for tourists. Very interesting. 
Wow, that's fascinating. One more yeah. for me and then back to Joe. Um, how do you, with tourism down right now, how are you marketing to them for the summer ahead? How am I marketing to tourists? Yeah. I'm not, you know, You're not. We, we depend on that traffic. I mean, I, I can't market to tourists that aren't coming to America, uh, right. not advertising overseas. I mean, uh, New York city is my brand and that Brooklyn bridge is my 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 bridge to the customers if they're not coming into new york and they're not flowing in I, there's nothing i can do about it at all i can't get them on a plane to come to me i wish i could uh so i'm not marketing them you know i, I i'm waiting for the flow to come back and, and that's all i can do what have you learned from your grandfather and your father that has helped you in in business doug well, I never worked for my grandfather. My father worked for my grandfather. I worked okay. for my father, and I've learned a, a million things from my father. Uh, you know, he had a lot bigger, he had a larger business than myself, uh, and I worked under him. Uh, most of what I worked from was just experiencing situations uh, of how he responded and how he acted. Uh, I learned that um, you got to be a cool customer in, in this business. You, you can't take it day by day or hour by hour. It's, it's Things hit you. You got to stop. You got to have a solution. You got to move on. Um, as far as employees, very important. Take care of your people. Make them happy, and never let them know that you're aggravated or, or, or worried. You know, in, in a way, if the ship is going down, have a smile. Take a walk around the block a few hundred times and figure it out. Um, I, I learned buying techniques and mostly relationships with people. He was a very nice man. Uh, not weak, but nice. And people liked him and reps liked him and they wanted to deal with him. Uh, they let him in on deals. They let him know what was going on. And I learned to just be a very good person um, on the outside as much as you can. Treat people very well and it comes back to you. And that lesson came back to me during COVID because when I needed help from landlords, when I needed help from vendors getting some payment uh, extensions, Everybody did it because because of what I learned from him. And just my last question, what did you learn from your dad about buying? Oh, man, I learned, I think, aggressiveness, being extremely aggressive, uh, never holding back. If, if something's out there you can sell, buy it. If, if, if you have to hold it for a month, hold it, but get it on the floor. Uh, if you need to find more money to buy merchandise, buy one but I mean buying at the lowest price. But I mean buying not, at the lowest price. We're not in the lowest price business. We're in, uh -huh. the, in the best item business. Um, you know, we're not in a negotiating. We're not Walmart. We're not going to sit there and say, can you do better? Uh, we're a small shop. And most of the companies we're dealing with are giving uh, one price only. Um, you know, so what he what he learned from me and what, what always stuck with me is he used to say, stack them high and let them fly. Meaning... <laughs> You cannot sell a lot of merchandise without a lot of merchandise. So we always aggressive, even during COVID, stack those shelves up, you know, and be positive all the time. If you're going to be negative, I guarantee you your sales are going to be negative. Have confidence, have faith what you're doing, and stack them up. It is great to talk to a smiling business owner. <laughs> Again, yeah. I'll tell you, you that. Better be. You better be, man. <laughs> and no. both of Doug's stores are named something else yeah. in Brooklyn. And Doug, it's great to talk to you. you we'll stop well. in sometime. Bye. Thank you. Have a good one.
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.